0: Join me, Tiff Stevenson, for a new series of Tiny Revolutions, the podcast where I invite guests from comedy, music, TV and film to talk about what has been revolutionary to them and inspired their work. You'll hear from people like Armando Iannucci, Maisie Richardson Sellers, Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro, Roisin Conaty, W. Camu Bell, Nato Green, Al Madrigal and more as they give a glimpse into the art, politics and movements that have shaped their lives. A new Bugle podcast production of Tiny Revolutions with me, Tiff Stevenson. Starts Wednesday, 7th of April. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello Buglers and welcome to issue 4189 of the Bugle for the 4189th consecutive Bugle allowing for the 3,707 or so episodes that we skipped in the middle. I am Andy Zaltzman, and when all is said and done, uh, I'll be out of a job. I guess if no one's saying or doing anything anymore, this is going to be a very quiet podcast. Luckily, people are still very much saying and doing stuff, so the bugle lives on, and two guests join me today to say stuff about the things other people are saying and doing. Firstly, from Dublin, in what we in the UK now call the long-forgotten continent of Europe, it's David O'Doherty.
1: It's been a tough year, Andy. It, this was the year I was going to try and qualify for the Olympics at uh, Twister, Right. and of course I couldn't train uh, because I, you can't spin the thing even if you're just on your own. And then right. the Olympics were cancelled, and who knows if they're going to happen this year. So just let's just try and carry on as All best right. as we can. I'm sorry,
0: sorry to, to, to intrude, in, intrude on that. And I mean, in terms of selection for the Irish Twister team, obviously there's you know a great heritage of of the sport in uh, in, in Ireland but how, how close are you to the top of the Irish Twister rankings
1: uh, I'm number one right they are they're my rankings you'll find them on my <laughs> Twitter account so right. that's that's, that's
0: the, the best way to get to the top of rankings isn't it so You just make them up
1: I mean <laughs> that and the other hope was this was the year I was going to become a street magician But it's been a difficult year for that too because you approach anyone with a deck of cards on the street, they're just like, get lost.
0: (laughs) It's been been a tough time. in, In fact, when you think of the history of sport, essentially, it was largely a way to get britain to the top of world rankings and then we've made the mistake of teaching other people uh, how to play them and that <laughs> rather undercut the whole project they uh, also joining us from melbourne australia where he is currently what's this bizarre phrase performing live stand-up in front of a three-dimensional real human crowd <laughs> i don't understand those words it's tom ballard
2: hello friends hi everything's going great down here <laughs> why do you guys read the Jeez, news what's happening up there oh uh, uh,
1: disgusting uh,
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm solidarity with you all. I I miss you. And um, I'm working on the vaccine, a Ballard branded vaccine specifically for uh, (laughs) Europeans that's coming your way. If you guys want to be my guinea pigs, I think it'd be good.
0: Happy to. Happy to. But I'm a natural born guinea pig. How's uh, how is uh, how's the festival going? Um, it's great without
2: all you stinking
0: internationals taking away our sweet, sweet <laughs> well, no, Tom, I would like to say, when I was one of the stinking internationals, I didn't take many tickets away. <laughs> Count me out of this. I'm talking to you, you've got a legitimate quibble with. That's true.
2: I'm getting a lot of weird heckles this year, like, play your little keyboard. We want
0: observations
2: about cricket. This sucks. And I say, no, you're getting baller. That's all you're getting. All right. It's been
0: a tough year, everyone. Uh, we are recording on uh, friday the 2nd of april uh, 2021 uh, on this day in 1912 the titanic began sea trials and uh, absolutely <laughs> cruised through them too easily if anything Even did <laughs> perhaps got overconfident uh, for its uh, subsequent trip across the atlantic on this day in 1800 ludwig van beethoven led the premiere of his first symphony uh, in Vienna, LVB, of course, very much the uh, Taylor Swift of his day, but different in many ways. Uh, before having chart success with smash hits such as the Eroica Symphony, the Moonlight Sonata, Furry Lisa, not what it sounds, it was in fact a touching tribute to his pet gerbil, Lisa, and Push It, <laughs> later covered by hip hop duo Salt and Pepper, of course, uh, LVB wrote advertising jingles for popular products of the day including So Long Syphilis, Dr. halbgartner's "Shameless Waging Serum packs off the pox. That was a sonata for string quartet. Uh, snout It Premium Snuff is simply never enough. No no says no to snout it snuff. Uh, that was a cantata for four voices and trombone, arguably the greatest musical sneeze ever composed, and uh, Fräulein Frufru's Frilly Fancies. Your nethers have never had such fancy frolicals. That was a concerto for bassoon and orchestra. Um, as always, <laughs> a uh, section of the bugle is the going important straight. The is to keep laughing, everybody, through the difficult times. <laughs> you've <laughs> got to keep laughing
2: you've got to hang on to your sense of humor it's crucial Tom
1: Ballard says that while sitting under a palm tree with people all dancing around him in paradise
2: <laughs> no guys enough flow jobs I'm doing the bugle
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, I, if I had a pound for every time I've had to say that <laughs> um, uh, as always a section of the bugle is going straight in the bin this week uh, great questions of modern philosophy Uh, is going in the bin, uh, including Can staplers feel pain? Mm. If free will is an illusion, how come I've just eaten 53 lettuces in a supermarket without being asked to leave? (laughs) Uh, If gods are obviously (laughs) rubbish at their jobs or bunking off from work, should we still worship them? If the universe is expanding faster than we thought, does this make us smaller? And if so, do we need to raise the minimum height for fairground rides? If Is morality relative? And if so, at what level of wealth or political power does it become so relative that it ceases to exist at all? Uh, If an artist can tell you that a piece of used kitchen towel they've glued to an empty jar of marmalade is art, can you claim that saying... Goff and learn to paint is in fact a poem is torture justifiable if it helps advance the plot of a tv drama series about terrorists which would otherwise become a 12 series courtroom procedural in which nothing much happens and finally the big questions of the day we address in our section in the bin is it possible to be partially right and partially wrong about something and if a politician says something in front of a flag does that become more or less true Uh, that philosophy section uh, with all the answers (laughs) in the bin this week (laughs) Top story this week, it's Easter. It's Good Friday. That is a day that cost my team a lot of market share uh, back uh, back in the day. How are you, how are you uh, you lot uh, celebrating Easter this year?
1: Well, it used to be the only day of the year that all the Irish pubs were shut. But uh, they changed that law in 2019. And was the lord displeased? You'd have to <laughs> say yes. <laughs>
0: Oh, now we know. Now we know why it all happened. <laughs> Tom, what, is, uh, what does Easter mean to you on a, on a deeply personal level? On a deeply
2: personal level? Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's booming this year. Apparently people are going nuts for Easter. Uh, they're buying everything that they possibly can. Egg sales are through the roof. And some saying it's a response to the pandemic and people want to come together and celebrate with each one another and sort of reconnect with human beings. Others are saying that, you know, it is a sign that more and more people want to stick it to the likes of Andy Zaltzman and his people. You know, you can kill our messiah all you want, Andy. We will not let you place downward pressure on sales figures. All right, mate? <laughs> OK, uh,
0: well, well, I see that. I mean, and, and for me, Easter is that special time of year when we all commemorate the smooth running of the judicial system as it's time um, <laughs> let's not judge things by modern standards that's what we keep being told uh, it's also uh and also, i mean yesterday was april fool's day and of course i mean that was the origin of april fool's day was the first easter itself on the first of april i think it was 33 ad the whole uh i'm dead i'm not dead give me 5 hours still sore uh thing but um wow i mean Wow, wow. They're this is left. awful stuff. <laughs> 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 I mean, people say it's
1: got too commercial, the right. whole thing, yeah. especially with Easter wreaths this year. But, I mean, I right. see the, the the Christian context in everything. The Easter wreath reminding us of the wreath of thorns put on our Lord. You know, the Easter tree reminding us of the wood used to build the cross. And then the Easter egg. Which is in the shape of a big fat zero, which is what they found when they roll back the tomb. Yeah, you go, girl, Jesus. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, there's, there's different ways of. Inter- I mean, the Easter tree. That's uh, I've not really noticed that before. That seems to have become more prominent. One of the uh, the leading British uh, supermarkets reported uh, that searches for Easter trees are up a thousand percent on uh, on on last year. I mean, what um, what the f- is an Easter tree? Uh, <laughs>
2: I can't keep up now. Easter involves a bunny rabbit, chocolate eggs, chocolate bunny rabbits, hot cross buns, four-day weekend, crucifixes, and now I've got a tree. Easter is becoming Game of Thrones at this rate. <laughs> Every year, we're going to need a previously on an Easter recap just to keep <laughs> up. There.
0: Well, hot cross buns, of course, uh, for those of you that's, that's uh, oh. Well, it's a really British thing of the, of course, Easter is a very British festival. Um, and, um, because, you know, the Brits were one of the, the very few people who didn't actually crucify Jesus. Um, but hot cross <laughs> buns, uh, they are fruity buns with a cross on the top, but they are now also available with other forms of brutal execution decoratively piped on the top of the bun, including uh, hot guillotine buns, hot electric chair buns. Um, And uh, for fans of British Imperial history, hot strapping a local to the front of a cannon and blasting him to pieces buns as well. So you can can get a lot of different forms of execution on your buns. I've got got
1: hot buns uh, all year (laughs) round, if you know what I mean. I just, guys, the reason I've come on today is just to make sure that we do remember the true meaning of Easter, commemorating when Jesus went to an island in the southeastern Pacific and carved some giant stone heads. Why did he do it? (laughs) We're not supposed to know how, but we commemorate by eating our own head size in chocolate. And I, just to let you know, I have a personal relationship with Easter Island that goes back to the 70s when I was the head of the Easter Island Tourist Board, and they tried to promote the island not using the giant stone heads, just emphasising some of the other stuff there is, such as the great transport links and shopping in downtown Hangaroa. But
2: (laughs) we went back to the heads then. I, I think like, it's good to see that Easter being, you know, as commercialized as Christmas. It's, it's like, this is what Jesus the socialist was going for, okay? <laughs> Everybody knows God sent him to earth in the fourth quarter of the financial year to help corporate stock clearance, then had him killed and reincarnated in between the first and second quarters to boost consumer confidence. And I think as part of everyone's COVID economic recovery, business is actually going to be pushing for a third Jesus-based holiday slash consumerist orgy just to further, you know, boost economic activity. It's gonna be around October. It's gonna be in celebration of Jesus Bar Mitzvah, which we really don't hear anything about at all. But to celebrate, you could you could celebrate by buying every single one of your relatives a traditional Jesus Bar Mitzvah Amazon candle set. Now just twenty five <laughs> ninety nine free delivery. How about that, Andy? <laughs>
1: It's true, Tom. It's often overlooked. Well, it, it's there's, there's discrepancies between the Gospels. Did Jesus throw the traders out of the temple? Or did Jesus say stay and emphasize trickle-down economics and how ultimately <laughs> it would help the guys at the bottom?
0: Big questions. Um, we're celebrating 50 years of the Cadbury's cream egg in this country and we're celebrating, <laughs> frankly, anything. You, you f***ing idiots. Sitting sit <laughs> In, uh, in our houses. Um, and, I mean, this, this, I mean, I guess this, this explains the, this, the, the increasing popularity of Easter trees that people are now searching for. Absolutely f-ing anything to break the crushing monotony of COVID life, even if it's making up a tradition of having decorative trees at a traditionally somber festival that marks the death of someone who was quite literally nailed to some tree. The creme, <laughs> uh, for those who've not come across it, it's a renowned confection. It has a chocolate outer coating or shell, uh, a white made from the, uh, milk, milky sweet liquid found inside dragon's eyeballs and the yellow <laughs> Yolk uh, concocted from Sweden unicorn pus. I think I haven't read the uh, ingredients list for a while, and I could have gone a number of different ways with that. Bit. Um, but but um, uh, th- there's been an advert uh, featuring a same-sex kiss uh, on a Cadbury's cream uh, egg advert, and it has caused uh, all manner of holy meltdowns. Uh, Tom, uh, you are are um, contradicting the uh, laws of uh, Almighty God, correspondent. Uh, just bring us up to bring us up to date with that. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Andy. A pleasure to finally fill this segment. I've been waiting for my chance. <laughs> Send me in, coach. Um, yes, look, this was an advert. This sort of kicked around in February. Uh, basically, two men are sharing a cream egg. They're celebrating the 50th anniversary by both kissing each other and sharing an egg between their mouths, uh, while a voiceover says, we are down with that. Uh, of course, bigoted zealots like Andy Zaltzman would rather voice voiceover simply say, down with that. But uh, that's not how his edits didn't get through. But 30,000 people signed a petition to try and have the ad withdrawn, saying that it was offensive to members of the Christian community, which, you know, I thought it was pretty kind of tame. And I, I, it's just two guys kissing. You know, I think if they really wanted to offend the Christian community, they could have shown five guys f***ing each other's f- holes with giant chocolate <laughs> dildo f*** eggs while dressed as giant f*** bunnies shoving f- covered f- crucifixes in each other's f- buns, shooting their f- cream all over each other's f- as well as furiously f- fucking the f- out of each fucking balls and fucking up their own f- f- Easter trees. You know, I mean, that was just like a tradition <laughs> right. that maybe could have worked.
0: So, I mean, so, but, uh, uh, the, I, mean I, I do ask this, you know, respect respectfully as a Jew, uh, Tom, but why do your people hate Jesus so much? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: people who disapprove of that ad will have welcomed the news this week that of the incredible quantities of sugar that there is in a Cadbury's cream egg. Somehow there is more sugar in a cream egg than there is cream egg and weight of cream egg. In the, it's like a black hole of sugar. But I have to say... It's not that surprising. I mean, the, the what? You telling me Easter eggs, they have a lot of sugar in them? Nothing about that. <laughs> I don't understand why I'm so healthy at the moment. I've been sticking rigidly to my 12 cream eggs a day diet for a month. <laughs> what I'm saying is those uh, godless homosexuals will probably die soon from too much sugar.
0: Hallelujah. It's an Easter
2: miracle, everybody. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, why why do you think that that the the Christians who are being told that they're offended by this this advert were so? I mean, was it was it because of the kiss or because of it was an egg? Yeah, if it was a, a raspberry flavoured sherbet crucifix being nibbled from either end by a nineteen seventies priest and a terrified child, would that be better <laughs> or worse? Do you think from a from an evangelical point of view, I've, 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 I've not. I mean, is there evidence that when Jesus betrayed Mister Christ with a kiss, <laughs> there, there was a chocolate egg exchanged between their mouths? Do we not? I mean, is this why people get upset?
2: They did kiss, didn't they? Judas betrayed yeah, him with yeah. a kiss. There, maybe yeah. there was an egg in there as well, and there was dripping all over. It was really hot and stuff. It's, it, it's quite possible.
1: From a, from a blasphemy point of view, I see Chris has calculated he can use thirty seconds of his recording so
2: far. <laughs> Top edit this week. <laughs> uh, follow-up question, Eddie Zelsman. What is a 1970s priest exactly? Can you talk to me through that? Is that one with a priest with amazing sideburns or stuff? or What does it look like exactly? Oh, I don't
0: know. It's a, it's a, I think it's a spiritual state rather than a temporal or fashion state, to be honest. I see. I see. Um, Cadbury issued a statement saying, we are proud of our golden goobilee advert, which celebrates the many ways that everyone can enjoy a Cadbury's cream egg. What <laughs> it in many ways? Uh, I don't know, uh, a tiny rugby ball, perhaps, <laughs> uh, or to confuse a roosting pigeon by sneaking it into its nest and seeing what happens, or to demonstrate physics to a child who spends their entire life on Minecraft and assumes that everything is cuboid. A um, uh, uh, quick Easter fact uh, for you before we move on to the, the next uh, story. The word yeast is, in fact, an abbreviation for Jesus Christ, uh, who seemed to be dead but then came back to life and, uh, and rose. That's a little fact. Um, moving on now. To, wow!
1: Uh, I'll hang on. I just need to state one more thing, which yeah. is: so, some nerd forensic anthropologist recently made a, a picture of what Jesus would have looked like, actually, because he's not the blonde-haired, blue-eyed person that appears in the Renaissance paintings we know, and he is a Palestinian man in the year, Palestinian Jew in the year zero, and he looks. Exactly like me. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow, I mean, this is a common face that I have. Uh, You'll notice it in The Man Who Invented Tetris. He's a Russian man, uh, Chris O'Dowd. There's a ceramic uh, lion in Edinburgh Museum. But somehow, once a month, someone tweets me and says, we saw a ceramic, you won't believe this, but there's- and I'll be like, is it a ceramic lion in Edinburgh museum? Yes, that looks exactly like you. So what I'm saying is, the next few weeks, when the J-Man has escaped from the J-Cave, is when I really start to startle people by wandering into churches in my white gown. <laughs>
0: I mean, it is. It's often that you always know, say people are saying, "Oh, I saw the face of Jesus in a slice of toast." Um, but generally, it is not the the face of Jesus. It's actually the face of the nineteen uh, seventies Argentinian footballer Mario Kempes. So, uh, <laughs> people get easily confused.
1: <laughs> well, you are hearing the voice of Jesus right here on the bugle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you make of the state of the world, Jesus? How do you think we're going? <laughs> All good. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke weed.
0: Moving on to a a partially related story, well, on the subject of blasphemy. Um, the uh, well, huge eruptions in the world of shoes. The um, <laughs> musical act Lil Nas the Tenth. Is is he Lil Nas the 10th or Lil Nas X? Um,
2: Look, I I was looking forward to doing this story just to see the Andy Zaltzman take on that particular rapper's name.
0: Um, I'll just check the etymology online. Hang on. Uh, Oh, no, so it does say it is Lil Nas X. He's named uh, after the uh, Australian cricketer Dennis Lilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the little bit arguably Australia's greatest fast <laughs> <player. The> Former <laughs> England captain Nasser Hussein. That's Nass. An and the X is from the 1930 South African all rounder Xenophon Belaskas. Um, <laughs> so, a massive cricket fan, of
1: course. And see, that's, that surprises me because there, there were two ways he was going to go with that. Either the cricket route, which in retrospect was obvious, or I thought he was going to go where X is a value determined <laughs> by the following formula. <laughs>
0: Um, Have you ever listened to any hip-hop in your entire life, Ed? uh, No, I'll I'll be honest, not a great deal, although my my son does spend about 90% of his waking hours singing uh, the musical Hamilton. I don't know if that counts. Oh! uh, um, Anyway, Lil Nas X has um, uh, tried to sell 660 Ah! pairs. Even
1: when he says it, oh, God. (laughs)
0: 666 pairs of modified Nikes with a drop of human blood in the soul uh this uh, that's s o l e um uh nike has launched legal action to try and prevent the sales uh, and i mean this is i mean it's one of the great stories in uh, in the history of modern footwear isn't it uh it's it's a pretty incredible promotion he's got a new song
2: out as well which in which he gives a lap dance to the devil himself He's sort of playing with this whole game. We've all done it. We've all been there. We're all, <laughs> we, all, we all went to uni. Um, but, yeah, he just basically sold modified Nike. And Nike are annoyed because they had nothing to do with the promotion. Plus, they're quite good friends with Satan. He's actually on the Nike board. And um, he invented the whole sweatshop thing. So, they own a lot. They're worried about the bad press, I suppose. But, yeah, it is genuinely a drop of blood from the uh, company that made the shoe in, each, in the sole of each, which... I guess as a selling point if you want to um, have some blood and run around.
0: But but there is a bit of controversy isn't there, over whether the blood becomes the real blood of Lil Nas X when it's put in a shoe, <laughs> or if it's merely symbolic blood of the old town roads well. star.
1: <laughs> Andy, if you knew anything about the footwear industry, uh, you would know that they are no strangers to using controversy to sell shoes. For example, in the last few years, we've seen Nike Air Jordan Petersons, (laughs) and that's his own The Wage Gap is a Myth range. (laughs) There's uh, Air Maxwell, sponsored by Jelaine Maxwell, at the centre of the Jeffrey Epstein controversy, and then going back to my youth, there's, of course, the Adidas Predator, and we don't really need to go into them.
0: (laughs) So uh, I was reading. Jelaine up a wears those shoes
2: every time she's running away from authorities. I believe she's <laughs> always promoting, and it's it's helped her, you
0: know, keep on the run this this so long. Uh, but but it is interesting from from a from a from a footwear point of view that, that these shoes retailing for uh, one thousand and eighteen dollars, which is the price linked. To the biblical verse Luke 10.18, which is emblazoned on the side of the blood shoe. Which does slightly make you wonder why they didn't go for Matthew 28.20, which is the most expensive gospel verse available. When you to the <laughs>
1: years, times. Or,
0: or even Luke 17.16, which mentions feet in it. Of course, I did not have to look that up. Um, but um, <laughs> Luke 10.18 uh, says, So he told them I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Um, and uh, well, as you mentioned in uh, Lil Nas X's current music video, um, uh, Tom, he, d- he does a lap dance for Beelzebub. And I mean, he's quite an extraordinary musical artist. He's an openly gay black rapper who stormed the country music charts. And that is a sentence that you would not have predicted existing just a few short years ago on <laughs> numerous levels. <laughs> I also wouldn't have expected the
2: sentence. Andy Zaltzman knows what Hamilton is. But there you go. <laughs> Here um, we are. These are strange times. Unprecedented stuff. I'd say.
0: Also, I mean, David, I know you're you're a huge fan of sport in general, and um, it's unclear yet if these shoes make athletes run faster because they have human blood in the in the sole, or if the blood, if you put steroid-infused blood in the sole of your shoe, <laughs> would, would that be even more effective than the new Nike blatant cheat range of spring-heeled athletic shoes that are shattering world records. Online. Are you
1: saying that in the future they'll have to take a urine blood sample from the athlete and then from the shoe after that?
0: Yes. Yeah, I am saying that. Yeah, I mean, if you've got the the, you know, the, the blood of Lance Armstrong and the, the urine of Ben Johnson all over your shoes, <laughs> you're going to absolutely fly around the track, aren't you? <laughs> the company
1: uh, tried this once before. The company that's made these shoes for Little Nas X. Uh, they they launched their Jesus shoes in 2019. This is genuinely true. That contains 60 mils of water from the River Jordan, and they should have been called Air
0: Jordans. <laughs> what? Well, so, as well as the 60 mils of water from the River Jordan, do they also have large nail holes in the in the top and sole of the shoe uh, as well? To... <laughs> All right, Andy, we get it. You got him. Okay, God. <laughs>
2: I know you're all hyped <laughs> up on the anniversary, but Jesus, <laughs> literally, Jesus.
0: <laughs> Other oh, generally doom-laden global news now, and uh, well, let's start with uh, a slight glitch in the global vaccine rollout. Um, uh, I mean, there's been various problems. British suppliers has been hit by uh, bizarre, bizarre decisions of some suppliers not to put Britain first, despite Britain having been, uh, uh, despite Britain being a magic nation chosen by God to lead the world into a new dawn. Um, I'll tell you what, that new two and a half million pound government propaganda room in Downing Street is really working on me. But um, uh, Europe, of course, uh, well, David, the vaccine rollout in the EU has been stymied by things going really shitly. Um, And uh, well, now in America, uh, 15 million vaccines have been uh, been ruined uh, due 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 to an error.
1: Yeah, I I mean, the old saying that laughter is the best vaccine has been disproven (laughs) this week. By Johnson and Johnson, which is a collaboration between dwayne the Rock Johnson, and do you know which other Johnson Ga um, Johnson
0: ooh, uh, L. oh uh Johnson was it was it uh oh, it's Johnson. Sammy, Sorry, no, Sammy no, the dictionary guy. <laughs>
1: No, it's actually Holly Johnson, the former lead singer of right, Frankie okay. Goes to Hollywood. Well, and yeah. these two tribes of Johnsons nearly did go to war this week when they found that they had ruined, by confusing a key ingredient, 15 million shots of the vaccine that was probably destined for this country, seeing as you Brits have taken all of the rest of the world's supplies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just 15 million, though. I mean, that's just, you know, the population of Zimbabwe. Just you know, a lot. Love
1: It is. It is. Who's the taster? Who was supposed to be opening the lids and just giving them a little sniff before (laughs) they sent them off to Ireland? That's what I want to know.
2: (laughs) I think the employee that screwed this up has been demoted from employee of the month. I think that he's been (laughs) stepped down and taken these photos been taken off the wall. So you know, some heads are rolled. So it's fine.
1: (laughs) Maybe it was a prank. Maybe they were putting a tiny bit of Viagra in everyone. Which wouldn't be much use because you've got obviously two weeks after you take the vaccine when you can't bone anyone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I actually had a vaccine um and oh uh, god couple, this is a couple of weeks ago and... ago. Oh. And, um, <laughs> s- so far it seems not to have had any significant uh, proportional effect <laughs> other than the fact that i feel amazingly <laughs> so <laughs> nothing <laughs> to worry about um, i believe the teoria as they the all their it is the thing about vaccines though you have to get
1: it comes down to the small things, the ingredients, you know, it's a, a little mix up is enough to really ruin that vaccine. It reminds me of the time that I mixed up KFC and UFC <laughs> and went training and wrestled a load of kids to the ground while they were trying to eat their lunch.
2: <laughs> I read about
0: that.
1: <laughs> my, ch- my new children's book is coming out in two <laughs>
0: Uh, and finally in our other general doom laden news news um a child has very nearly started a global nuclear war um uh, this uh, this uh, was caused by uh, the twitter account of us strategic command uh, which manages america's uh, nuclear uh, arsenal essentially and um, uh, a tw- a child tweeted some uh, well, a few incomprehensible letters uh well semicolon L, semicolon, semicolon, colon, GMLXZSSAW. Um, and, I mean, that still put it in the top 27% of most coherent tweets according to uh, the social media <laughs> comprehensibility index. But, 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 I mean, this, this, essentially, I mean, it was like the Cold War all over again in a, a single, uh, a single tweet. Luckily, it, it you yeah, know, the crisis was, was averted. But what, what happened was the Stratcom social media editor was working from home. Uh, Quotes momentarily left the command's Twitter account open and unattended which in layman's terms is went for a shit and his (laughs) young child played (laughs) with his computer and unknowingly tinkering with the keyboard tweeted this which could easily have been assumed to be uh, the code for a nuclear strike but luckily we're alive today
1: Okay, the Amazon man has just called to the door. I realise it's a horrible piece of capitalism happening during the bugle. I have to get this parcel. I'll open it live in the podcast.
0: Oh, (laughs) an unboxing video. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, Unboxing uh, audio. I don't know if that's some that could be. It's cycling. If anyone (laughs) can make it
2: work, it's Donald's. Is it something to do with your little bike, David? How dare
1: you? How dare you? Just because I have 14 bikes and I had a traumatic breakup at the start of the pandemic and bought another three. Yes, here here is a parcel. I genuinely don't know what it is. So let's just open it live on the bugle. God, this never used to happen when John Oliver did this. Here we go. Oh, it's tires.
2: Oh,
1: Oh, they're good. They're Sammy Road. Sam, I, got the, I bought them on eBay last week. Ah, oh, they've come they from They don't look round
0: enough, David. Am I supposed to be round Wobbly.
1: You have to put air in them. They don't oh, oh, right. send yeah. them fully inflated. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something to look forward to after the podcast.
2: <laughs> what a peek behind the curtain. He's just like you and me, guys.
1: <laughs>
2: With 14 bikes. <laughs> That's I was regard- glad. It was, a, it was a beautiful, it was a really humanizing moment with the uh, the StratCom Twitter account, I thought. And really, is the child any less qualified than anybody else in the American military industrial complex to be firing off codes? Does that, <laughs> does that make any less sense than anything Donald Trump said as president or that <laughs> Joe Biden is regularly thinking on a regular basis? I, I think that kind of message, colon colon L, colon GMLX, S S A W that just pops into Joe Biden's brain every now and again. uh, With memories of his time as a lifeguard in the seventies, you know? Good fun. I couldn't
1: look at it and not think uh, that maybe it was a a Scrabble game. You know, I know there is ten letters and that's too many,
0: Mm. but
1: I had a little think. You've got smalls is there, and that's worth a pretty measly eight. Slags, that's worth (laughs) six But the big dog is Zags with a 14. I couldn't get one with a Z and an X in it, but I'll keep working on it.
2: What about X slags? Like, which is a particularly (laughs) raunchy kind of slag. (laughs) And that's slags with a Z
0: on the end too, which is Ah, like
2: ah, straight, (laughs) straight hot sexy slags.
1: Street Scrabble is not a thing, <laughs> Uh
0: You can also have Zedwax, which is uh, part of the uh, the new range of Bugle Beauty products that are available shortly.
2: I'm
0: sure monetize it. Um, uh, what struck me most about this story was this that US Strategic Command has a social media editor <laughs> uh, at all who. To, that exists that could then leave his computer unattended for a child to type nuclear <laughs> codes on. But uh, wh- wh- why does US Strategic Command need. Social and and what godforsaken emojis do they have up their sleeves for future use? Is there an emergency? An emergency. This is an emergency. Is there an, <laughs> is there an emoji? The world is going through an emergency. Is there an emoji for the smouldering remnants of a city, or radiation sickness, or for an uninhabitable planet, or maybe more optimistically, just for decades of political brinkmanship—the kind of Cold War emoji? But I mean, this 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 seems just un- unnecessary, isn't it? Social media editor.
1: Well, I give you suitcase, football, boom, American <laughs> flag.
2: <laughs> Throwback Thursday to the Cuban Missile Crisis.
0: <laughs> so I guess there's a time and a place for take your child to work day. And obviously in Trump's White House it was every day, but I just I don't want a child in charge of playing keepy up with the nuclear football. Bugle archaeology section now. And, uh, well, I mean, the modern world is a bit of a mess, but the ancient world was arguably even more so. And most of what they've left us is itself uh, a mess, and it needs archaeologists to, uh, to put it together. And, uh, well, it was a fascinating world, archaeology. Some amazing discoveries have been made, uh, recently, and, uh, also some amazing pieces of thievery in the past. Now, we touched on this briefly, uh, in the live show last week for those of you who, who were watching it. Uh, the British government has ruled out returning the Parthenon marbles uh, to Greece, the culture secretary Oliver Dowden uh, supported Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who, who ruled out their return because it would be uh, because they were legally acquired at the time. That was uh, Johnson's argument, <laughs> and bearing in mind all the laws he's currently happy to break, um, it's interesting that he's an absolute stickler for early 19th-century laws about what you are and are not allowed to steal from other countries and bring back to put in your museum. Um, culture secretary Oliver Dowden said, "If we gave them back, it'd be like pulling on a thread, um, and leads to us having to give back." Ah, f- of a lot of stuff. Uh, I guess sometimes, you know, it's good to pull on a thread. You know, if, for example, the thread is in a tapestry of a, a, a hungry lion and it's hanging outside a home for zebras with confident issues, pull on that thread. Um, it's, uh, and also, I mean, it, with, with regard to the Parthenon Marbles, which uh, which have been in, in British possession for a couple of hundred years now, there is a f- fantastic, specially built museum in Athens with views up to the Parthenon itself, from where, as the name suggests, the marbles came from, and where the bits that uh, Lord Elgin couldn't fit in his suitcase already uh, already reside. So, I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it, with 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 museums? And because yeah, here in Britain, you know, we need stuff from overseas because artifacts from the same time you know 4 500 BC uh british artifacts from the same equivalent time period include a stick a stone uh and some pointy things so it's understandable <laughs> that you know we want to you know, borrow for uh, hundreds of years uh, other people's other people's creations uh, i mean david what's your what's your view on uh, returnism which is um a, a word that's been sort of invented to uh justify not returning <laughs> things
1: well andy i would like to take the moral high ground here obviously but I've just received delivery of the famous Tires of Budapest. (laughs) And if those people think they're getting them back, they've got another thing coming, (laughs) even with eBay's excellent return uh, policies. I'm going to be hanging on to these. You're right. It's a thread. And if you start to pull it, do you know what happens then? Justice. And that's what you people hate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, what's next? Giving back... Australia? We
0: can't have that, for (laughs) God's (laughs) sakes. Football news now. And, uh, well, uh, Joanne Luigi Buffon, the legendary Italian goalkeeper, has uh, recently um, copped one of football's weirder bands for blasphemy. Um, And um, uh, also, we've had uh, protests uh, by the Norwegian national team uh, and various other national teams against uh, the human rights abuses uh, related to the Qatar World Cup, which is due to happen at the end of next year. David, uh, as our uh, football blasphemy and uh, protest uh, correspondent, just bring us up to date with these stories.
1: Well, it's interesting because it's shown that there are actually many medieval laws still on the statute books of Italian football. We remember (laughs) that in 2011, Andrea Pirlo received a two-match suspension for eating a swan at (laughs) halftime. In 2009, Gennaro Gattuso was banned for a month for leading a cow while drunk in a post-match celebration. And in 2014, Zlatan Ibrahimovic declared himself god of all men. And received no sanction whatsoever and that actually happened <laughs> i mean there has been some is backlash the right word to the fact the news that 6500 workers it's estimated have died while building stadiums in qatar in extreme heat for the 2022 world cup germany the netherlands and norway all wore pre-game t-shirts protesting about this ireland though made the ultimate sacrifice to the cause by losing this week to ninety-eighth in the world-ranked Luxembourg <laughs> in a qualifier for the World Cup and selflessly sacrificing their chances of qualification. <laughs> yes, they followed it by drawing with Qatar in a friendly and not doing any protest whatsoever when that would have actually been shown on TV in Qatar, <laughs> but the lads knew that they'd they'd committed the big act the few days before. Heroes.
0: Uh, well, that brings us to the end of uh, this week's Bugle. Uh, as I said earlier on, you can see Tom Ballard at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Until when, Tom? Until April the 18th. And uh, where where are you on? I'm at
2: the Melbourne Town Hall. It's going to Sydney Comedy Festival for two nights as well in May. All the details on my little website, tomballard.com.au. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I give a tribute to both you and DOD every night on stage <laughs> where I steal your material <laughs> to round up my show. It's been hard to fill the hour, so yeah, that's my tribute to you
0: guys. Uh, you can also see Alice Fraser's uh, show, which starts this weekend, uh, I believe, for the rest of the festival. Um, David, any uh, any shows to plug? Yeah, I'll be
1: uh, crying under bridges around Dublin oh. until you decide to give us some of your vaccines, until you've all had 30 vaccines each in the UK, and then maybe I can get back to doing gigs. Check my website for full details at which bridge I'll be crying under tonight.
0: <laughs> oh, is your, um, your book due out soon, or is it already out?
1: It's coming out in about a month. Uh, they haven't announced it yet, but I'll announce it right here. <laughs> it's, a, it's called "The Summer I Robbed a Bank," and it is my first attempt to write a novel for uh, eleven or twelve-year-olds.
0: Uh, well, uh, my uh, trial audience of uh, eleven or twelve-year-olds absolutely loved it. Uh, so, if you have an eleven or twelve-year-old, but no other age, do uh, buy fourth forthcoming <laughs> book. <laughs> Uh, great. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for listening, Buglers. Thanks to Tom and David for joining us. We will now play you out with some lies about our premium-level voluntary subscribers. To uh, join them and to make a one-off or recurring donation to the Bugle voluntary subscription scheme, go to buglepodcast.com and click the donate button. James Boothroyd thinks waterfalls are overrated. People go on and on about your Niagara's, your Victorias and the like, but seriously, if it wasn't water falling over these things, but animals or crockery or bicycles, we would be very critical of them and demand they were shut down. It would be, Oh my God, look at that writhing pile of badly injured armadillos, twisted BMXs and commemorative royal wedding side plates. How absolutely awful. But we cut water too much slack because it's supposedly vital to all life. Really annoys me, concludes James. Patrick Moynihan expects one of the legacies of the current global situation to be a surprising number of homemade tunnels and subways. Patrick explains, I expect people will have been living out exciting fantasy lives just to keep things interesting, and I would expect one of the most common of these to have been imagining they were having to escape from a jail or prison camp. Did you know that sales of vaulting horses have gone up by 700% in the last year, or at any rate, I haven't heard that they haven't gone up 700%, so they might well have done. Frankly, concludes Patrick, if I didn't live in a third floor flat, I'd definitely have dug a tunnel just for fun. Emma Locke believes doodling should be considered an art form in itself. We give way too much credit to artists who put lots of thought and effort into their work, says Emma, and not enough to those who just absent-mindedly let their subconscious mind express the true feelings of their soul. Anyone could hack out a Sistine Chapel ceiling if they had enough time in the right sort of scaffolding, but the doodle is a true window into the unguarded human id. Look at one I just did. It looks like a pigeon. But it is not a pigeon! Make of that what you will. And finally, Lewis Needle often wonders how many hauntings by ghosts should in fact be marked down as accidental hauntings. I imagine says Lewis that when you're a ghost it can be quite hard to get the information you need on exactly who lives where and when they're going to be in so I reckon as many as 65 to 68% of hauntings could be of the wrong people by the wrong ghosts and don't get me started on poltergeists they're just common or garden troublemaking hoodlums for me. Here endeth this week's lies. Goodbye.